All right. Thanks for that, Carolyn. And now we are going to turn our eyes to the land of the rising sun as we welcome Darren Tay, Japan economist from Capital Economics. Uh, good morning, Darren. Good morning. Thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. Darren, um, we're getting a lot of numbers coming out of uh, Japan to give us an idea of where the economy is going. Uh, and all, well, mostly where it's been, but possibly also where it's going. And that also gives us some indication of where the Bank of Japan might go on inflation rates. Where, where do you want to kick off with the uh, some of the numbers we've brought in recently? Well, I think uh, maybe let's start with what the Bank of Japan did or didn't do uh, last Friday. So um, as I think the viewers might be familiar with, uh, last week, the Bank of Japan had its first meeting uh, under the new governor, Kazuo Ueda. And uh, the new governor on that occasion opted not to uh, touch any of the monetary settings that were left behind uh, by the previous governor, Kuroda. So Yukov control is very much still in effect, uh, somewhat of a disappointment. We were expecting him to uh, end it. Um, and uh, besides that, I think some of the more interesting things that happened on Friday was that the bank actually changed uh, its forward guidance. Uh, so instead of saying things like, okay, we... Uh, assure you that the rates are going to stay near current levels or below. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are now saying that okay, we won't hesitate to ease monetary policy further if indeed uh, the need arises. Uh, so I think there was quite a lot of uh, focus, uh, you know, a lot of attention paid towards that. But I think uh, it actually probably isn't too much of a change. I mean, despite the fact that they were saying, okay, well, rates will be around here or lower. Uh, during 2020, uh, in the initial phases of the pandemic, they actually didn't lower rates in response to uh, what, some of the most uh, serious downturns uh, in recent history. Could, could they have? So, and then, <laughs> yeah, sorry. I was saying, could could they have lowered rates? I mean, could I mean rates were still pretty pretty low at that time, weren't they? I mean, it's, yes, they were. I mean, but, I mean, they could have. They could have. Uh, for example, I mean, they, of course, the short-term rate was already at zero point, negative 0.1 percent. Mm. And they, I mean, arguably, you could still lower it further. But of course, they didn't seem to have the appetite for that. But even even if that were not the case, they could still have, for example, expanded uh, bond purchases to reduce uh, bond yields further up. Uh, or I should say in the in the longer term or longer tenors uh, along, along the yield curve, basically, to try and reduce interest rates further. But they didn't do that. And I guess more importantly, um, even though they said they would maintain rates at, at current levels, they, that also didn't stop them from twice uh, you know, widening the tolerance band around the 10-year yield and thus allowing interest rates to rise. So it's not a very meaningful for guidance in, in the first place. Hmm. And what what, uh, what what are those indicators that they're going to be looking for? I mean, we're, we're looking at uh, the labor force in Japan is expanding. People think that, you know, people have this general impression of, you know, Japan, declining population, just going to drift off into the ocean someday. Um, but the labor force is actually expanding there. But we're also seeing a bump in unemployment. I mean, can you explain that? Right. So basically, uh, in March, there was a 300,000 increase in the labor force. And you, and because that was not met with a similar increase in employment, employment only increased about I think 170,000. If I have my numbers right, it should be around there. Mm. So uh, basically, then you have a bigger gap between 
uh, those people who want jobs and those people who actually have a job. And therefore, the unemployment rate went up. Now, you might be tempted to discount uh, that rise then in unemployment rate to 2.8% because you say, okay, well, the unemployment uh, rate maybe isn't that meaningful because employment actually grew. But I think any time when employment growth uh, undershoots the labor force growth, that, that is cause for concern. So mm. I do think that uh, labor force, the labor market conditions in Japan are actually quickly loosening. That's a bit faster than we, than we had expected. And given that we do expect uh, you know, much of the other developed economies around the world, including the US and EU, to be in recession later this year, uh, I think it's quite hard for Japan to avoid a similar fate uh, in the next uh, two or three quarters. Mm. I mean, so mm. I, the, the point is that there's more room for the labor market to, to uh, worsen, basically. Right. So, I mean, but, uh, but I mean, if the labor force is expanding faster, doesn't that suggest that more people are coming mm-hmm. into it? I, I don't think Japan's got a whole pile of, you know, 18-year-olds that are graduating from high school into the labor force. So where is the expansion coming from? Are these people that, you know, previously had said, I'm not going to work, but now they're saying, oh, maybe I'll take part-time work. Uh, is it because they see more opportunities in the job market? Is it because they're, they're run out of money at home and they're desperate? I mean, why, are there, why is the labor force expanding faster than actual employment? Well, it's hard to point to any uh, specific cause as to whether, okay, they think they, they need to start working again because money is running out. Uh, the data, unfortunately, at this point, uh, don't inform us uh, what exactly is the motivation. But what we can say is that uh, this latest increase in the participation rate to its highest in, I think, about 30 years was uh, due to broad-based gains in participation rates across all demographic groups. But I think I would single out... Uh, women, uh, they, they posted the largest increase in uh, participation rates, uh, seniors and males a little less. But it was, it was a broad-based gain. And in any case, uh, I wouldn't read too much into um, this increase in the, the labor force because uh, it tends to fluctuate um, mm. quite you know, randomly from month to month. Okay. Uh, Darren, we've got about a minute left. I want to ask you about uh, one of the big heavyweights in the Japanese economy. Some, sometimes the bellwether for the tech sector, is, because of so many different areas involved in it, is, and that is Sony. Uh, just released the results. The PlayStation 5, in particular, performed really well last year. Uh, they sold more units last year than they had sold in the previous two years since its release. And I thought these things were supposed to, you know, kind of, uh, you know, sell well in the first couple of years, then sell down. I guess they've had... Uh, they, they've solved their supply chain issues, so they're able to sell more. But in 30 seconds we got left, what's your, what's your take on Sony, and why did it get beat up so badly in the markets last week? Well, it's hard to, I mean, uh, I don't really follow Sony that closely, but I think um, the overall, the overall uh, usually in Japan, the stock market, uh, it tends to be negatively correlated with how well the yen is doing. I mean, for the simple reason that a, a weaker yen uh, helps corporate profits. Uh, and that in turn is because of how much um, sales are being made by uh, the overseas subsidiaries of Japanese companies. And so I, I don't think it's any surprise at all that uh, the Japanese stock market, and indeed uh, Sony, has been 
doing less well compared to say in the third quarter of last year when the yen was at its child. Mm. So uh, I, uh, it's, it's just a simple it's just a simple math uh, when it comes to uh, profit and its relation with uh, the stock prices in Japan. All right. Well, thank you very much to Darren Tay, who's joined us today on the show. He's a Japan economist at Capital Economics, uh, giving us a great insight.